right, so here we are. My name is Diana Kaufman. I'm a college counselor in Caracas, Venezuela. And today I'm interviewing Grace Asagra, who is, has a very interesting history because she is a practitioner and she works with, um, uh, uh, she does a, she has something called Quantum Nurse, which is her, her podcast and is called Out of the Rabbit Hole and From Stress to Bliss. And I'm going to have her explain her work because it's a very fascinating work, which I know very little about. Uh, and I find it's fascinating because she does work that I think very few people can do. I think in that sense, Grace is very special. So welcome, Grace. Welcome, Quantum Nurse. And please tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. Well, I grew up in the Philippines. So that means my family really came from the countryside. So it's not very urban. And in the countryside, there's a lot of indigenous healing that comes with being, being raised there. So, be, but I have an interest of being a nurse. So it was like a combination of science training and then indigenous Western science and indigenous science coming together, even when I was still in the Philippines. So that's like my foundation for healing. And um, I, I, I just know that I can fuse them together. Like, because when I was, again, like around nine years old, I find myself taking care of my aunt who, had, who was sick with tuberculosis and she was raising three boys and I was like there as a as help for her so I was fixing her food and I was still young right but you know in in the third world countries even if you're young you kind of know how to prepare some food cook some rice and some vegetables so I was helping her with that but then she was also the type who knows how to do some healing. So she was showing me certain herbs and that practice of massage, which we call healot. Okay, so all of that. So our first, uh, let's say, first aid whenever you're sick is going to your traditional healers. But I wanted to be a nurse, so I asked nurses who, I asked them, how is it to be a nurse? And one say, oh, it's very difficult to be a nurse. Then another one, I said, oh, it's enjoyable. So I had two like conflicting answer, but what I did is I followed my heart. Like say, okay, maybe it depends on how one, you know, one's experience is. So um, since I like it, so I became a nurse. So I, was, I came to United <laughs> And you became a nurse in the Philippines? Is that yeah. where you studied your nursing? I was already a nurse there, a full-fledged uh -huh. nurse with a bachelor's, and then I came here. So my foundation of schooling was in the Philippines. Then I and, came. And you started working in the United States as a nurse? Correct. Yeah, because uh -huh. that was like my passport to come is to be employed as a hospital nurse. Oh, but I never stop studying. It's my, my, I'm always curious about other things. Then, especially when I came here, like there was a buzzword such as complementary medicine, alternative medicine. So I like, hmm, what is that? Because we usually don't hear that in the Philippines. We just experience 
alternative medicine without labeling them, right? So I came here, so it was like, wow, this is so cool, they call it that. And then I keep progressing to other types of medicine, like integrative medicine, and then quantum science. And quantum science, I really found that it's basically just the advanced term that they use, but all a lot of basic principles in quantum science, I heard it already when I was a child, such as the power of your mind, the power of your thoughts, you know, that those are all electromagnetic frequencies, your behavior. So, so I want to claim that. So I called myself not just a holistic registered nurse, which means I went into the training of all these studies. And that's another funny thing because we never call ourselves holistic nurse in the Philippines, but we've been doing holistic approach and methods. So that's my short version of why I'm claiming as a quantum nurse, because basically quantum science has just been proving what ancient indigenous people or a elders and cultures and cultures have taught us for mm -hmm. eons you know right. so i think that's fascinating that yeah. is something that is so much part of your heritage is also so much part of your everyday life you know and that you can bring so much of that knowledge uh you know to the forefront so that people can and know that it can be done and that it's just part of of indigenous uh science you know right. so that's wonderful so um, since, of course, my, my main interest is in education, and I would be very interested to know who were your most interesting teachers, besides, of course, your aunt, who taught you when you were nine years old, <laughs> which I think is fantastic, you yeah. know? Uh -huh. So if I have to recall, in my primary years, I have a favorite teacher, and she was my music teacher. And for some reason, I really like the way she taught us, the way she cares about us, the way she noticed that I'm good in music, and then she will give me more, more difficult assignment because I can read notes faster than anyone else. So I like that. And so she's one of my influential teacher for me. And there was another one that I, I think she also believed that I have some good future ahead of me, although she was seeing me as a lawyer. She thinks I would be a good lawyer, but I never really had any interest in being a lawyer. Although if, I, if someone invites me to any kind of conference, seminar, topic, I will go to any topic as long as the speaker is good. So if, they, if it's about legal things, I'll go there too. Oh, because I even have my best friends in the Philippines when I was already a nurse were two lawyers, you see? <laughs> so I was really with them and yes. we traveled together. And so it, it, well, one became a judge and the other one, she was a, and I just, she, you know, she didn't pursue her law, but she took her law degree, but she didn't finish taking the bar. So I, I, I will listen to their interesting story. And then in college, I didn't have, um, oh, in high school, it's, it, it still went back to another aunt and my uncle. 
Yeah, they, they were husband and wife. And, and they one, were your teachers? They were your teachers? Yeah. Oh. I went to a, like a, it's sort of, it's like a Protestant school that is also partly like a boarding school. I didn't board, it was like a mixed boarding school where kids from other towns and villages will come. But I live near the school, so I didn't have to board. So they were, one was, an, my aunt was an uh, English teacher and literature, because she had two major. And she was really the first in the family to finish college. So she was an inspiration to me. So mm -hmm. when she was in, in the, at the university, I would write to her. And then when she became a professor, and at one point she became my superior when she created a nonprofit organization, she will really always tap me to work with her. And even when I was in high school, she was like in church, she was our youth advisor. And then she said, uh, Grace, why don't, you, um, why don't you run for a secretary? I said, why would I want to do that? Because I'm going to be the advisor, so you'll be fine. I'll, I'll, I'll show you. So she was molding me slowly. Okay, so that's my aunt. And my, but she, as an English literature teacher, she will take us outside the classroom. She will read poetry, she will read essays, essays, and then she will encourage us to write. But when the weather is nice, when it's not too hot, we will be outside. So I, it, it provides me a different kind of setting and inspiration. Okay, I that's see. my and, and That's your aunt and that was in high school. And what about during your, your college years to become a nurse? Yeah. It, in, so. In college, we had a lot of, we had a variety of professors and I went to a Catholic university. So my background is very interesting. In primary, I was in public school. In high school, I was in Protestant school. And in college, I was in the Catholic school. So- That is that, quite a mixture. <laughs> I think it really helped me who and how I look at things right now. So then in the, in, the, in the high school, we studied the Bible seriously. We had to memorize verses. Then in Catholic school, we had to memorize prayers. And there was no exception. Even if I grew up as a Protestant, which is rare in, as a Filipino, and they, I was an excuse not to take the classes and memorize all the prayers. But I didn't really have a favorite, or I could say that who gave me such an impact in college. Um, and who was that? Um, I'm who sorry. was that that impacted you in college? I, 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 as I said, I'm not, I don't think there was one. Oh, I see, person. I see, I see. Okay. It was, it was more the camaraderie among, the, uh, among us, the classmates. See, the, this, is the, this was the setting, Diana. In, in the nursing school, in, during that time, in that university, 
this if you are if you take the first year and you're in one class all of you travel to the next class together that's so, wonderful yeah so you it's like as they said it's like high school because we mm -hmm. all kind of like travel together so we became so close and i just like when our experience at broadcast or course like we became so close and we rub on each other's performances and success hmm. yeah, that okay. is lo lovely that is a, a fantastic idea that everybody goes together because then you do really create that cohort and that that you know that uh, cohesion of everybody being together and supporting each other i love that mm -hmm. it's wonderful yeah um i know other classmates of mine they can easily say who's their favorite but i didn't i it, i don't know i just didn't have a favorite no, i just i'm asking you i'm not asking your classmates <laughs> you know it's it's okay with me because i had a strong foundation already in high school and to to help myself yes <laughs> and you also had a very strong foundation as a too because you did have family members that were that yeah. were very interesting teachers you know so that's that in itself is is very strong i find it gives you a, a lot of self-assurance yeah. you know that's that's wonderful so um if if you were to, what would you say to a graduating class whether they're graduating from high school or from university what, what would you recommend to them i want to say that they just really have to anticipate that it's not going to be the same, okay? Experiences as in the classroom. Because the classroom, you're sort of safe, okay? Because there's always that professor, guidance counselor who will be giving you assignment or who will be monitoring you, who will be grading you. And you may have more friends that you like but once you graduate, you're really on your own, mostly. And then, so you gotta just keep trying. And I always wanna say that just now suddenly you're out in the world and the world is very interesting. And for me, just keep looking at the beautiful side of it, okay? There, there will be difficulties, but that's the spice of life as I see it, because now that I'm older, if I look back on everything that happened to me, it's as if I was being set for what I have now. That's so, wonderful. What a good, that's a wonderful recommendation because sometimes, you know, the, the young ones look at it and they see, you know, that, oh, maybe everything's a problem or they're not getting anywhere or whatever. So if they can just see it as part of their path, whenever they do have, you know, some kind of a, of an obstacle and that that it does prepare you for whatever else you will be doing that's that's wonderful advice thank you thank you for that um so uh being a, a, an educator and as and i know also as a quantum nurse you do a lot of educating how do you see education evolving or how would you like to see education evolve i there's a little bit of improvement, I, as I can see, in terms perhaps on content, like in nursing, there are more topics. They include about diversity topics. 
and now they include about emotions, spirituality, or respect in terms of religions of every patient. So that's kind of like, for me, it's an improvement in the content. But the process itself must still be, it will still take a long time if no one steps up to really put it in that most practical level. Now, um, my, as I said, my, my training was mostly in the Philippines. See what, as a nurse there, this was our schedule. Half of our day is in the classroom. Half of our day will be in the hospitals. So that took place for five years. Five I, years. I know here it's different. Sometimes they have only a couple of hours or something. Okay, from, oh, you know, I can see. But there, every time, it's like half and half and half. So in short, we learn about nursing theories and other things we need to learn academically. But, but hands-on, you know, so we, we really were good hands-on. So when we graduate, we can be in any field and we're, we're confident about it. That's why nurses from the Philippines were exported, I say, to all other countries. Because we can just, if you train us more, we adapt easily. So, like, I, I also want to see that if the professors teach certain subjects, like if, if they teach music, they better be musicians, okay? I mean, preferably for real, not just like a little bit of musician, like they have to have some type of music teaching outside their classroom. Then if they're like, an account, if they teach accounting, I want to see that they're also an accountant outside. And so all of this, and then I want them to teach really the kids and all others how it step by step to be an accountant or to be a nurse. Yeah, so what you want to see much more is a, is a practical part of the education. The, in other words, like you were saying, half a day in the classroom, half a day in the hospitals in the case of a nurse. Yes. So people who are maybe learning about business, maybe they could do, you know, be partly in the classroom and then maybe have some kind of a, of a internship job where they can learn about what they're, I mean, practice what they're learning. And I agree with you. I think that the hands-on has to be the future and hands-on every day, just as you experienced it in the Philippines. I agree there a hundred percent. And since there's so many studies there now for those who are particular in research studies about emotions, self-esteem, spirituality, and taking care of yourself, that also has to begin in school. So that again, when they have difficulties in school on their outside, they'll be strong. And also so that they could have clarity even before they graduate. 
because many there are many students, many people who graduate and end up working from totally different from what they have graduated from. So it doesn't make sense. And they have a lot of student loan. And it, it's just, it doesn't match. You know? It should match. I agree with you. It should match. And I do <laughs> and, hope we see that, Grace, in the future, that, that what kids study, they can work on and that they can feel the confidence to, to be able to go out and work you know, and, 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 and do what they learn. So that's, that's, that's an important point. And um, tell me what keeps you motivated. I love what I do. Okay. And it's, I feel early in life that I have special purpose or meaningful purpose. That life is not just being born and just having the degree and having a, a family, which is all good, by the way. It's all good of that, you know. But I want more than, you know, raising the kids, having a nine-to-five job. It's, it's there like there's got to be more than the daily routine in life. So it keeps me motivated. And I'm curious by nature of what's more to come or how things work and then tie it together. So when I hear conversations or I see shows, whether it be a movie or just in the TV, that's quite fascinating or can ask deeper questions, I'm with that. So that's that inner feeling that, gosh, there's so much to learn and so, there's so much magic in life. That's wonderful. I agree. There is so much magic in life. And tell me what is one of your daily habits that, you know, you, or what are your daily habits that keep you going? <laughs> what one habit that helps me is in the, before I wake up, when I'm partly awake, but you're still lying down, you're so and sometimes you may not even feel like getting up yet, but if you have an appointment, I stay lying down and then I start saying good things already. Okay, say, say, you know, that I take a deep breath when I'm lying down, I'm imagining already that it's gonna be a good day. Then I do have uh, an affirmation, a meditation kind of prayer that I say that in that morning. And that's while I'm still lying down. Then after that, I stay quiet again and try to receive messages for me, okay? And that's also what I do in the evening. So I set my day the night before. My day starts the night before. That's very interesting. What a good point. So that night also, I, 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 I end with gratitude. And that's again after you if you have a formal prayer, sitting up or kneeling down, if I'm still lying down, I again, I try to say nice things and with gratefulness and then kind of ask, I, if I want to, I ask a question. If I'm trying to make decision, I ask a question so that when I sleep, 
perhaps the answer will come to me when I wake up. Because <laughs> most of us dream, but we forget our dream. Yes. So sometimes I find myself, my best moments are like just as I'm about to wake up. So those like, I call that book ends of my day. You know, the gratitude and staying quiet. And then again in the morning, same thing. And I, I try to move slowly for first few minutes when I get up. And again, I do like a little bit of the meditation as soon as I get up like that. Okay. So that's, that's a very good point to have your, your morning and evening meditations, if you want to call them that, because, yeah. and, and I love the name, the bookends. That's lovely. Mm -hmm. It's a lovely way to describe it. And, and I think a very important part of, of your day and, and it settles the day, you know, whether you're beginning it or ending it. Very nice. Very nice. Thank you for that. And uh, can you tell me a little bit, um, what inspired you to enter into quantum healing? It's, and educating people because that's yeah. what you do. Um, because no matter what we do physically, we can be tied on those methods physically. And at one point it may work, but then eventually it doesn't work. So sometimes I find that there's no difference between being just tied to some prescription and then you're tied again to something like nutritional supplements. And yet, if you don't go beyond your biomedical needs, then you're not really fulfilling or you, you, it's going to be a, a delay of your healing because we, for me, we are spiritual beings and we come into this life as in physical bodies to experience being humans. But then we still have to always think where we really came from. So I always like to remember who I am and what I am. And the what I am actually seemed to resonate to me than who I am. Because the who I am brings me to my ego, but the what I am brings me to that waves of molecules, of frequencies. So it's like, okay, I'm just like everyone else. But you feel we should be in touch with our, that part of us, our molecular structure, you know, so yeah. that we can also heal beyond uh, the whatever medicine we need or, or whatever it is that, that we're doing exercise-wise or what. We need to go even further than that to be able to heal. Is that what you're saying? Correct. Correct. Yeah. That's very interesting. Very, very interesting. And uh, tell me about a fascinating book you're reading. Oh, I, I, I took that with me so you can see it. It's uh -huh. the, the most dangerous superstition. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It was just, it's just timely for this time because it kind of says that the, the gist of this is that sometimes we've had that belief, not sometimes, we were made to believe that we really need 
to be managed, to be run totally by a government and that we can just fully submit ourselves and think that the government will give everything to us. So then if we fail in some ways, then, you know, we blame the government. But so that's, that's why I like this book because it reminds me that it's also good to look at our own convictions, our own beliefs, our own being maybe greedy of certain things or not, or just being ignorant of things. And then it just keeps going on and on and on for years. And that's why I, this is lately is my favorite book. Okay, it's called The Most Dangerous Superstition yeah. by Larkin Rose. And of course, we have had a huge dosage of this uh, government taking care of everything because of the whole socialist movement worldwide and, and, and where they don't want us to think and they don't want us to opinionate, they don't want anything. So I, I think this is very interesting, this book, and I definitely would like to read it. So thank you for that suggestion. Um, and would you like to talk about any upcoming projects that you're planning? Well, like you, I'm excited and motivated to pursue and grow the podcast. So, and I really love it. It's hard work, it's time consuming, but it's really interesting. I just was, when I was getting myself together this morning, I said, this is really nice because we bring value, we, we bring that good information, but at the same time, it's inspiration. And the first beneficiaries actually are us when we have that conversation with whoever. So I said, this is really nice. So that's why. So if we, if we can keep growing that, collaborate with people instead of com be competitive, and that would be awesome. And eventually that's not just a connection for people, but at some point, because everything is going online, then we could, uh, I don't mind and I would like to see it as part of a business venture when we create online studies and courses okay yeah. i agree and and yeah this whole uh, podcast thing is absolutely fascinating and thrilling and you know it's true it's in the end we learn so much and we share so much and and i think that's why it's also so exciting to do i i agree with you there and i never expected it to be that way and each one of the conversations that I've had, I mean, they one has been better than the other, and I learn more and more and more. So, you know, this is exciting to to hear you say that because our I think our podcasts are such a, a an, in, uh, an integral part of our lives, and we didn't know it. Yeah. <laughs> you know how important the podcasts are. So that's that's a great thing to and say. Because, yeah, and because we love it. I, I know it's hard because you're trying to um, manage your time and you know just keep it keep it really good. You transcribe so people don't know that there's work after the recording or before much more again. And I said, but it's a work that even if it's hard, it's something that you love, so it's okay. <laughs> yes, yes, I totally love it. I agree with you. 
So would you like to talk about that you have a, a webinar that you would like uh, to call Detoxification Ways? Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm brainstorming, you know, those, the two topics. One is the detoxification ways, which would be, there are different detox, could be a one day, two days, three days, seven days, 14 days, or could 21. And personally, I've done all of that. And in my life, I've done two of the one month. Okay. Okay. And that was the hardest one. I never, I just really wanted to experience it. And that's it. You know, I did it. The doctor who is a famous doctor now, and he was my primary doctor before he became very famous, before integrative because was famous. He's one of the pioneer. And he said, Grace, you have to be under my care. You have to stay with me. I said, I can't stay with you because I have, I have my son. So I said, I'll be careful. So I told him, I'll be careful. I promise if something goes wrong or I'm not sure, I will tell you. And I promise to slow down because he said, you can't work too much. You can't do much. I says, I, I will, I promise. So then I was thinking that it is a perfect time to offer it like for fall because it changes of seasons. And then of whatever is going on now, with the virus that's they say is out there because virus is always out there anyway there's virus in the air virus but whatever is there but more so that emotional detox also is included in in the, my plan of detoxification oh but, that sounds very interesting i like that but today i also thought of doing like a uh, that and also uh, digestive issues, which also a factor of not sleeping well. Because I was also thinking of when you're stressed, your stomach is the first one to go bad. That's my experience. I think everyone else, but I'm just, I just know how my stomach is. Others, I may have to teach them to notice it, but <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm thinking all, all that. So that will happen before the end of the year and then i combine it with the podcasting and other things you know and i'm hoping that also i can stabilize my e-store or helping people with nutritional supplements because that's also necessary now yes totally and you talk about here that you're, you're planning to uh, write a book called the healing dance a fusion of massage and asian healing arts Oh, I, I've, I've published that already. Oh, you I published it. Oh, I didn't, well, congratulations. That's my book in 2014. Okay. I've been dreaming to, you know, do another book. Maybe the best thing is Brian should come up with a course. <laughs> <laughs> On how to write books, right? <laughs> then maybe I'll really do it, okay? Yes, yes, because I, yes. I have procrastinated. Like I tell myself, I'm not feeling it. So that's my resistance right now. But, yes. my, but I did this book. I always, in, in, in the healing things that I do, I have to remember my roots and where I come from. I think that's part of our tradition in third world countries to respect where you come from and our elders. 
so I so I did that book writing about indigenous healing and then I connected it with other Asian healing and you know like the other things around the world so that's my that's my contribution for the written world in my country because we don't have a lot of written books I see I see well I look forward to seeing another book from you <laughs> so that then the Philippines will have another written book from you and they can you know be further educated with so many wonderful things that are happening. So um, is there anything else that you would like to add? Uh, no, it's, I'm, I'm really thankful that you invited me and I'm, I'm, it's really wonderful that you're doing this for the students and for whoever can benefit from, from this conversation because this, this should appeal to them, okay? There's so much information that they can listen to, you know, from people like yourself who have been, you know, through university who can give them, you know, advice and, and what to do once they leave uh, university or what to do once they, they're graduating from high school. And I think that the more they can hear, the better it is. So I, I do hope they enjoy it because I know I, I have enjoyed it. So, you know, thank you so much, Grace. This has been very exciting, very illuminating, so many things to learn. So thank you, thank you very much for coming on as my guest. You're very welcome. Oh, and, and, and I'll see you soon because we have to repeat this. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much.